Good evening, Newark family, and welcome back once again to our Wednesday night Bible study. Today is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, and I am excited to be with you here once again and delighted to be hosting this Bible study. I know many of you are tuning in right now. You'll want to get seated. We have a very, very special guest tonight, and he can go ahead and join me as soon as he's ready. And you will notice that the guest that we have for our Bible study is no stranger to this church, Although some of you may feel like it's been a long time in coming since we've been able to have him join us. And so if he will go ahead and share his screen or not share a screen, but rather just go ahead and turn his camera back on. I am delighted to have the one and only the great and illustrious Dr. Reverend Pastor Stephen Beardsley joining us for our Wednesday night Bible study. So. Stephen, are you with us? I am. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I am hurriedly trying to get myself set because I want to come to you from an even better library than Desi has. Oh, look at that. I got more books than you, Desi. Woo! Oh, I got one better. Hold on. I got to run. I got to run. I got to run. I'm going to do a Rachel move. Here we go. Out on the porch. I'm going to film from outside. Look at that, folks. It's awesome. I'm having a blast. Oh, I got another one for you. You ready for this? Here we go. Who am I now? Who's this? Who always films here? Oh, I can guess. Who is it? No, I'm not. I'm not going to guess, though. We're going to, you tell me. You <laughs> along in the chat. No, I think. Who films I, from their porch? Yeah, who films from their porch? Or here's another one, but that one had a, had a watermark on it. So I went here. Um, oh, I got another one here. This one, this one's, this one's good. You got several folks that, that are here uh, from like a living room. Um, I had another one too. This one isn't quite what I wanted. Who films always in front of their computer? Oh my goodness. Always in front of their computer. And then I've got one better. Arash, my basement is less finished than yours. Oh, that does look like an Arash backdrop. <laughs> Doesn't it? I'm missing the tree. I'm impressed. I, okay. I'll hand it to you. I'm impressed by that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm missing the tree. That's the only thing. All right. I'll cut it out. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Desi, for that uh, kind introduction. And let me say, in all seriousness, all joshing and fun aside with our pastoral team, I want to thank them for their hard work. And I want to thank you, the congregation, for allowing yeah. me and Regina to uh, take our sabbatical. And uh, it, was, it was what the Lord ordered. So we were obedient. And uh, it was what was supposed to happen. And so we say thank you. Thank you to all of the pastoral team. Thank you to the church for allowing that. And it's good to be back. Now, most of you should have already heard my voice from the message that we sent out to you. And I hope you've had a chance to watch that video. If you have not, make sure you've got about an hour so you can respond appropriately to it. But tonight, I'm here to do a Bible study in the midst of our series on seasons. And, and having so said that, I'm going to go ahead and kind of hang out in the background and watch right. the chats. See if people behave and they're nice to you when you come back. We'll see if I share any comments when you I'm going to rejoin you about half an hour and start feeding right. you questions. Now that Stephen is back, he's taking the mantle back from Arash. Tonight is the night that you ask all your burning Bible questions that you just think nobody else can answer that we normally save for Arash. Pastor Stephen's back in town. I'm sure he's going to be delighted to take all of those. So I'll the lightning round. I love lightning round. Uh -huh. I've been for years doing that with young people in teen class. I love doing it. All right. So so tonight we, we are in the midst of our series. In fact, we've got one more tomorrow night on seasons. And we've looked at various aspects of seasons. 
and um, it's been great. I hope you've enjoyed the lessons thus far. And so when I got back into town, the, the team had assigned me this lesson and uh, basically given me one, one little pointer, which was Ecclesiastes 3. And I think that's a great place to launch. And so I'm going to start with Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3. And uh, I will, for this verse, uh, share my screen. I think it will work. Let's make sure that it does. You know what? I'm not going to share my screen. Uh, so follow along, folks. If you have your Bibles, you may even know it. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And that again from the NLT is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And so as I have been listening to the messages this week uh, and been enjoying them, one of the things that first jumped out to me, and I've been thinking about this even before we began the series when I returned from sabbatical and saw this assignment, is that many of our seasons are what I'm going to call circumstantial. And I want to be very clear, this is not a theological term, this is not, this is Stephen Beardsley simply trying to articulate something to you, okay? So there's nothing precise about this, there might be even a better word, but I'm going to use it and I'm going to be, try to be precise with it tonight. There are circumstantial seasons. And what I'm defining that as is these are seasons in which our actions have effect. They, they can change what happens in the season. That doesn't mean that there might not be constraints to what our actions can do, but we have some control over what's going to happen. So let me give you a few examples, just kind of running through. A season of saving, of saving. So Say you're in a family and you're wanting to do something for that family, and so you decide, okay, we're gonna we're gonna cut out all discretionary spending, and we're going we're gonna try to save. You have some control over how that's gonna go, depending on your discipline, depending on the size of your family, depending upon your lifestyle. You have some control over that. Now, if you have imposed that season of savings, then there's certain things that if you're going to be in that season, then you can't do but you still have some control over it or a season of spending. Maybe you've been saving. And so now you, it's time to do whatever that is. Maybe you were saving for a, uh, a renovation of a house, or maybe there was something you were going to purchase a car, any number of other things. Maybe you've been saving for uh, children for university or, or college or school. And so there's a season of spending, but you still have some control over how much you spend. And so a season of planting and harvesting, we've heard about that. Uh, in the lessons and sermons and messages this 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 week, um, you have some control over that. What are you going to plant? When are you going to harvest? What you plant determines when you're going to harvest. 
Uh, how much are you going to plant? So you have some control. These are circumstantial seasons. There's some parameters that you can't change, but a lot is within our control or our influence. Your actions can affect things. Um, it could be a season of growth or of stretching. It could be a season of rest and consolidation, of making things solid, of putting things the way they should be. For example, New York UPC right now is in a season of growth and stretching in our finances. And by the way, just as a side note, please watch that video carefully. We are not in debt. Did everybody hear me on that? We are not in debt. Read my lips. I'm not George H.W. Bush, but I'm telling you, we are not in debt. There is zero debt. We have no plans to go into debt. But we are in a season of stretching our giving. Can we in the manner that we have been reaching into over the past three years, on the basis of our savings, can we sustain that growth in how we're ministering and how we're caring for the church, how we're growing all of the new structure? Basically, and that's an example. I just cite that as an example along with the others. Basically, circumstantial seasons are seasons in which our response will affect what happens. That's the reality. Our response in that season will affect what happens. And circumstantial seasons require wisdom and then action. Wisdom to understand what season you're in. And you've heard some great messages this week, and I trust we'll have another great one tomorrow night, in which we've talked about the different things that would give you wisdom in a particular season so that then you would know how to act in that season. The message that I've sent out to the church, and if you're a guest with us tonight, welcome, we're glad you're here, but to the church, I've sent out a message. Your response to that message will determine some of our actions. We're in a season, we're in a season of growth, we're in a season of stretching, but your response, my response, our collective action will affect what happens. That's a circumstantial season, and you've had great lessons and great messages this week about those. Tonight, I want to draw your attention to another type of season. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, also in the NLT says, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. And the part that I want to draw your attention to is that in day one of the creation, God separated light from darkness. And then in day four that we just read about, God creates the sun, the moon, and the stars, and he puts these lights in the sky to be agents of this separation of light and darkness, of day and night. And he says, let them be signs 
to mark the seasons, days, and years. Then a little bit later, he says, these are to govern. Now, I'm using this as an example that there are seasons that are not circumstantial, they're governed. Again, you could use a different word. Maybe I'm not using the right one, but I'm drawing this one from Scripture and again from the NLT translation. There are seasons that what you do won't change them. Circumstantial seasons, your actions can have some impact. Now, many seasons that we go through in life are a mixture. In other words, there's a, there's a certain amount that is governed, and then inside of that, you have some, some, some leeway. You have some ability to change some things. You can decide, and until modern technology, it just wouldn't work. You can decide you're going to plow during the, the night, but it's not going to work because you have no ability to change the season of night or day. It's this function of time. By the way, let me explain something to you. You have the ability to die early, but you do not have the ability to live beyond your appointed day in which you are to die. There's a time. There's a season. You did not control and cannot control when you are born. It is a governed season. I think of the of the weather seasons and, and probably the ones that are are most clear to me is I think of in, in terms of winter and summer, okay? There are certain things you cannot do in the summer. And there are certain things you cannot do in the winter. They're locked in. They're governed. And you can fight them. I mean, I suppose you could get your plow. You could get, and you could go out and you could try to plow the field, uh, you know, in Boston in the winter, but number one, it's not going to be effective at all. And number two, you're probably going to break your tools. It's just not going to work. You can fight that season. You can fight it with everything you have, but it's governed. It's controlled by an authority higher than you. And as I read to you from Genesis, I would argue that the governed seasons of life are seasons that are governed by God. He's in control. Let me give you another example from scripture that you might be familiar with. Israel's season of exile. They could fight it all day long. They could push against it, but their actions before had led to a place where God said, that's enough. And they were put into exile. Now, what's amazing about this is many biblical scholars believe that much of the Old Testament was written during that season of exile. Now, I don't want to get into an argument with all of our biblical scholars in the audience of whether that's totally accurate or not, but I would argue to you that that season of exile could either be fought against or it could be embraced. You're not getting your temple back, Israel. Not yet. You're not going back to Jerusalem. Not yet. You're going to have to deal with that I've put you in exile. You can either be productive or you can fight the season, but it's not going to change anything. I think of another one. Let me give you an example. Desi and Rachel, I, I think I have your permission with this as I uh, have, have walked with them in their life. They had a season of waiting that was imposed by God. 
Desi finished, he's talked about this publicly, so I don't think I'm breaking any uh, privacy here. Uh, he finishes his master's degree at Urshan Graduate School, and uh, he begins to look around and decide, okay, what am I going to do? And God says, do not seek employment. You're fine. You're not breaking anything. All right. I thought so, Desi. Thank you. Uh, do not seek employment. And so for a season, and there were people that God blessed to help them, and there were things that they did, and there were things they got to do that if they had done, had pushed against that season, they would not have been able to do it. For example, they were able to go to Australia and, and teach a course there that helped the Bible school. But there was a season of waiting, and it was God-imposed. They could fight it, but it doesn't matter how much action they would have taken it wouldn't have worked. Now, thankfully, they didn't fight it, and I counseled them not to fight it as much as I did not understand the season. I counseled them to follow the Word of God, to follow His direction and His Spirit's guiding, and Lord was good, and everything worked out, and it was it, it had its purpose, and I don't have time tonight to go into all of that, but there was a season. If they had fought it, they would have found out how powerful God is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether you see where I'm going, COVID-19 is a governed season. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Here's how I know it. Prophecy from February 23rd, 2020. Look up, look up. My redemption draweth nigh. I am coming back for my people. I am coming to seek and to save, but I am also coming to pull away, to separate, to shake. Grab on to me, depend on me, for a time is coming where I am all you will have, but I will be all that you need. We heard also, those of you that listened to General Conference and you heard Brother Bernard's message, our General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, he shared a missionary, a longtime missionary, which by the way, little side note, my mom and dad knew before he was a missionary. Daniel Scott was actually from the state of West Virginia. And uh, which is where my parents and I were before we came east. And uh, Brother Scott shared a full year before COVID hit. A prophecy. Go back and listen to that prophecy. You can find it on Facebook. It's in the video. Same message. God says, I have this. I have a purpose with this. I am going to use this season. It's a governed season. Now, I love all of you. I love you greatly. I really do. Let me take a drink of water. But some of you, many of us, are struggling because we don't understand that a governed season cannot be fought. Let me rephrase. It cannot be successfully fought. You can fight it. You can push against it. You can buck. You can snort. You can pray. You can yell. You can throw temper tantrums. You can struggle. You can do everything. But I'm telling you that when God puts something in motion, you're not going to change it. Your actions are either going to cooperate with it or they're going to be frustrated by this God who is sovereign. COVID-19 is a governed season. Stop fighting the season. I didn't say you had to like these seasons. Some of you love the day and hate the night. I love the night and hate the day. I don't like light. I love the dark. I don't know what that says about me. I hope my deeds aren't evil, but 
I'm still, I'm a night owl. I like the night. I like the quiet of the night. I, I like the night. So you can have opinions. You can have preferences. You can have things that you're comfortable with or uncomfortable with in seasons. But you've got to discern when a season is governed. It's not malleable. And you can like it or dislike it. It's still going to be there. Now, please understand something. God is doing different things. He's got an overarching plan. The prophecy from Brother Scott addressed the overarching plan to actually show our political leaders as being foolish. And boy, that sure kind of looks like that's that's what he's been doing the last uh, several months here. He's He's been revealing the treachery, he said, uh, of, of our leaders. He's humbled America as a collective uh, nation. We've been humbled. Our, our stature of pride and of prestige and of excellence is, is, has fallen a little short. We've not looked so good. But he's also got particular things he's doing in that season in his various fields or in his various churches, in his various areas. And he's got particular things he wants to do in your life that are unique from your brother or your sister across the aisle. In other words, it's granular. It works through it. If you fight God in a governed season, you won't change the season. You'll just neglect to get out of the season what God intended for you to receive. You see, a temporary season should never be allowed to determine a permanent season. Never. We are in a temporary season. God was so kind to give us the prophecy and the prophetic message on that same Sunday from Zechariah, telling us we will play in our streets again. Wow, that's awesome. But we're not playing in our streets yet. It's not there yet. The old men and old women, I didn't even know what that had to do with in that sermon. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the February message. It was called play. What's old men in the streets about? Well, now I know because our elders are secluded. They are pulled back because they're more at risk in COVID-19. This will end, but we do not want death or permanent disability and impairment to come because we are struggling. And I understand and acknowledge it's very real struggles. But when there is a God-given God-governed season, you can't fight it, at least not successfully. Well, why would God do this to us? Well, I don't understand that totally either. I do know that I have the example from the Old Testament, the plagues of Israel. God let Israel experience some of the plagues. I don't know if you knew that. It wasn't just Egypt. The first several plagues, all of Egypt, including the land that Israel inhabited, experience those plagues. And then there came a point where God says, these they will not experience. God is clearly allowing us to experience this pandemic. We have men and women of God unequivocally, so many, that this is not a faith issue, folks. We're not dealing with whether God, if you believe enough, you can, you're impervious to the, to the COVID-19. It's not a, it's not the reality. God is allowing us to experience this plague. And I want to draw you back to what he told us in that prophecy. There is coming a time when I am all you will have 
but I will be all that you need. And man, that sounded great when we heard it, except now I'm not so sure that any of us like it. Because what it means is, is he was warning us that he was going to strip away things that are good and even appropriate in this temporary season. He was going to strip it away and leave us with just us and him. And I don't know about you, but there are days that I don't like it just being me and him. I would prefer to go to a physical campus. I would prefer to be active and busy in the activities that occur in that physical campus. I would prefer to get back to normal life as busy as it is. But God stripped that away. He shut it down. Now, let me put a note here real quick. I need you to understand that this is about Newark. This message is not directed at any other church. It's not directed at any other place. Because each of those leaders and their elders have to decide what they are supposed to be doing in this season. But brothers and sisters, I gently but unequivocally told you this is going to be a long time before we come back to our physical campus. Stop fighting it. I know we don't like it. I know that it's hard. I know that it's uncomfortable, but God spoke to us and said, I have you. I have you. I'm prepared for this. I'm doing a work in your midst in the midst of this. Will you let me work? Now, let me for a moment draw you back to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, picking up at verse 9. The writer of Ecclesiastes expresses some frustration, kind of like maybe some of us are in the midst of a, a governed season. And by the way, there are other examples of a governed season. If you want that side, I don't have time tonight, but talk with, with Pastor Desi and Pastor Rachel and ask them to tell you about how they felt and what it, what, how it operated during that season of waiting, whether they were excited and whether it felt good and whether they were really happy that God said, this is what I want you to do. I can promise you, having walked with them, they were not. They had a bad attitude too, just like everybody does. So tonight's message is not a message of condemnation, but it is one that is calling you to perhaps refocus and understand that even though you don't like this season, if God is governing this season, then maybe you need to lean into it and let him do what he wants to do with it. But the writer of Ecclesiastes, he says in verse 9, he says, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Oh, that's, that's powerful there. I don't have time to unpack it, but note that you cannot see what he's doing. Not from beginning to end. So I concluded, the writer said, there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. You can fight God, but it's not going to work. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. And here, this is, as many of you know, but if you don't, this is not about a terror, but rather a respect, an honor, an obedience, a submission to him. What is happening now has happened before. 
And what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. And we learn that from seasons. Winter comes again and again. Summer comes again and again. Day comes again and again. Night comes again and again. This is not the first time the world has seen a pandemic and God has sat on the throne the entire time. This is not the first time the church has faced sickness. And some of the times they were impervious to the sickness and other times they died along with all of those who did not know God. Now I'm drawn to a close because I'm running out of time and I, I want to be conscious of the time. So let me draw your attention real quick to a little known passage. Maybe you're familiar with it from 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles 12 verse 32 says, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. It is important as you mature as a Christian that you learn to discern between what I have called circumstantial seasons where your actions are effective. It requires wisdom, but also action on your part. And governed seasons where you don't have the control I don't have the control that I want to have. Your pastoral team, under the anointing and guidance of the Spirit, understands the seasons. And they understand the best course for Newark UPC to take. Now, some of you are perking up right now. Some of you are going, oh, did he meet with the pastoral team? Uh, yes, I did. Some of you are asking, oh, does he know something? Um, if you're wondering if I'm talking directly to you, normally at the church, I'd be ducking behind the pulpit. You all remember, I duck behind the pulpit and say, I'm not going to look at anybody. Well, I'm on video, so I can't see anybody now. But if you're wondering, is he talking to me? If you're asking that question, yes, I'm talking to you. Because there are, in all of us, there is this discontent with a governed season. How dare you, God, tell me that I don't get to do fill in the blank. This is not acceptable. This is hard. This feels uncomfortable. I, I need people or I need this or I need that. And God goes, no, you actually just need me. I don't want to be mean here, folks. But I'm telling you that prophecy was unequivocal. There will come a time when I'm all you have. If you've got more than God, be thankful. If you have a husband or a wife or children, or you have access to parents that you're not going to make sick, if you have access to some friends that you've created a bubble and you're able to stay safe within that bubble, be thankful because all God promised us was we would have him and that would be all we would need. We're in a war, ladies and gentlemen. I can't tell you when this war is going to end, but I can affirm to you that God is in control of this season. Don't get turned around by the politics. Don't get turned around by science trying to figure it out. Don't get turned around by any of this. This season is firmly in the hands of God. And he's directing your pastoral team. You know how I know? Because I've been pastoring now for 25 years. This is not the first time I've had God tell me to do something crazy. You know I'm not afraid to speak. Even tonight's Bible study is evidence of that. This team is leading you, and they're leading you well. Stop beating on them. Now, those of you that haven't been, those of you that have been supported, thank you. Those of you that have, repent and get on board. 
It's that simple. We don't need to get all upset. Just repent. Stop taking out your frustration with God in this season. Oh, I hate governed seasons. I get really frustrated with governed seasons. And it's a normal human tendency when we're frustrated with something that God is controlling. We don't go fight with God because we know we're not going to win. So we go fight with his emissaries. We go fight with his spokespeople. We go fight with our brothers and our sisters. Stop. Don't beat on the people that are serving you. Don't give them a hard time. This is a very tough season. If you feel we've disobeyed the scriptures, then as I've told you many, many times on many, many things, find another church home that you believe is obeying the scriptures. We will always love you. Hear me again. We will always love you and we will always pray for your blessing. But if you think we're breaking the scriptures, go find a place that you can be saved. Do I want you to leave? No, I love you. But if you think we're disobeying the scriptures, don't hang around. And remember, the scriptures call us to mutual submission. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. This all making disciples of all is hard work. Everybody matters. Circumstantial seasons, and I'm drawn to a close. So, Desi, if you want to start queuing up some questions, I'd, I'll be done in about two seconds, two minutes here. Circumstantial seasons require wisdom and action. So you got to discern the season, and then there's actions that are permissible within that season. Governed seasons require obedience and submission. You can't fight them. Or if you do, you're fighting God, and it doesn't work. Knowing and understanding the different seasons is critically important. It's critically important. I do not want our children to live for 50 or 60 years with impairments and disabilities that could have been avoided just because we were impatient over a one to two year period. Do you understand how short a one to two year period is to God? The nation of China, a persecuted nation, Christians have been there for decades, living under worse circumstances than you and I are facing as Christians today. Yes. This is an uncomfortable season we're in. But God told us, I am governing this season. He's told us in different ways. It's amazing as I've talked to some of you, because there's some of you that have said, this has been absolutely amazing. As crazy as this season is, as uncomfortable as this season is, as much as I don't like this season, I've sensed God working in this season. If you're really struggling with this season, it may be God working to bring some things to the surface that he wants you to deal with. Governed seasons require obedience and submission. Understanding when action is required 
understanding when obedience to what he's told you to do, and then relax, just stop. I can't tell you when this season will end, but I can affirm to you, this is a season from God and he's got it all under control. He's doing great things in our midst. If you've recognized that, but still just don't like this season, lean into it. Try to reap from it everything that God intends for it. And if you're really struggling in this season, I'm not belittling your struggle. But I'm still going to challenge you and say, if God promised you that he was all that you would need and that you would have him, then you've got to believe him. And so do I. Seasons. There are those that we get to do things in the midst of and affect them. And then there are those where it requires us to take our hands off the wheel and say, okay, Jesus, lead us. And I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for a church that has maintained its faithfulness. And if you're struggling in this season, but you're not partaking of all of the things that we have felt to do, that's on you. And you have the ability to correct that. And you'll do it better if you understand which season you're in. Is it a governed one or is it a circumstantial one? It's critically important. All right, Desi, let's uh, transition over to questions. All right, I'm back. So before we even get to questions, I'll just share a couple quick comments with you reading through what's going on in the chat stream. Sure. First off, little Bryce Carter says, hi, Brother Steve. Oh, hello, Bryce. It's been a long time, buddy. Shout out to Bryce, buddy. You're going to be like six feet tall by the time I see you. But anyway. <laughs> I wanted to make sure to get that in there. Absolutely. And in true... And I, and I really and I really like his mama Carrie too. But anyway, uh, Carrie didn't give me a shout out, but I'll give her one. In true Stephen fashion, I was reading through the comments and I was thinking, you are definitely home because we're talking about kicking pails over oh. <laughs> as you're wrapping up. And I don't think anybody does that, or at least none of us get talked about that way, except for you. <laughs> and for those of you who may be joining us on the broadcast and you don't understand the long, long running inside joke, uh, Pastor Stephen is uh, well known for his ability to present a biblical truth and then keep pounding on it and keep pounding on it. And then you're thinking, OK, it's about time to wrap up. And then he says, and I've got just a few more minutes. And in those few more minutes, to use an old farming expression, sometimes you hear people write in our comments, he kicked the bucket. That's not the right expression. Someone yeah. dies when they kick, kick the, the bucket. When you pail. kick the pail is after you've milked a cow and right about the time you're done and the pail is full of the milk, either the cow kicks it or you accidentally bump it and it tips over and spills everything out. And so Stephen has quite a reputation for kicking the pail and maybe going... Some people feel like a step too far. And, and so I just want you to know you're back at home among family because you're wrapping up and people are going, yep, he's going to do it. Here it comes. And then, yep, he kicked the pail. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I uh, told my family, I didn't tell them what I was teaching that, but I told them, I said, I'm going to kick the pail tonight. I like to kick the pail because in those moments, contrary to my dear friend, Sister Jackie, who always comes up and says, Brother Steve, you so, do so good until you kick the pail. And she kind of does that tongue in cheek. And I know that, Jackie, that you do. Um, there are times that it requires, God requires me to go that extra measure. And I felt that tonight. And um, sure. let's see what we got on questions. Anybody want to push back? 
That's one of the great things about Newark. You get the question. Let's go. We like questions around here. Questions mean you're listening, you're Absolutely. engaged, you're learning. Absolutely. And we do have some good ones that have been submitted. So good. let me start out with one of the questions asked, are we disobedient or are we acting inappropriately if we do not like this time? In other words, are we wrong if we're complaining? Ah, now there's two pieces to that question. Isn't that a great question? Yes, it's a great question. So there's two pieces to it. So first of all, I have rarely ever, whether in a church body, a global church body, a national church body, because I do think there's a global movement of God that he's using this COVID-19 to do all kinds of things globally. Absolutely. I think absolutely going after the, after the United States of America. Okay. Even different than Canada. It's not Just North America. Worldwide. It's yeah. the United States. He's doing something there. He's doing something with that national church. Okay. And then he's doing something within individual churches, but he's also dealing, st doing stuff with us as individuals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what level I have rarely been in what I'm calling a governed season that I have liked. <laughs> and I've been very transparent with all of you about that. I yeah. don't like the because governed seasons can't, you can't make it through governed seasons without faith. Please repeat that statement. Oh, I will. You cannot make it through governed seasons without faith. Right. Okay. Because you're, you're faith really... means I don't know what's going on. And faith means I'm not in charge and I don't have right. control. That's right. I can't see it. I can't prove it. I can't put my hands on it. I can't grapple with it. I can't even take any yeah. action to change it. Okay. And so I, I don't like faith. You've heard me talk about that. Now, don't make a mistake. I absolutely believe in faith. I absolutely operate in faith. And I would just don't enjoy it. No, I don't enjoy it at all. And in fact, I would argue that the fact that I doubt the fact that I struggle to have faith and still am then obedient and submitted, that is faith. That's the biblical measure of faith, because that which I don't struggle with doesn't require faith. That which I can see doesn't require faith. That which I can control, it doesn't require faith. Now, you also then asked whoever it was asked the second part of the question. And thank you for asking that. Okay, so if you don't like the season, no, that's fine. I don't like this season. Are we wrong if we complain? That's the second half of the question. All right. Now, depends on who you're complaining to. Oh, I figured that was your answer. And it depends on what you do when God speaks to you about your complaining. I have found that I'm good to complain to God until he finally says to me, enough. And he does say, enough. And so you, you feel that it's okay to complain to God? Oh, absolutely. I complain to God all the time until he replies, enough. And I will tell you that even to your pastoral team, even to elders and your brothers and sisters, there's a certain amount that we need to prefer one another. You're struggling, so absolutely express it. It's, it's okay to... Yeah, to share your emotion. It's, it's better than just bottling it up. Absolutely. But then there also does come a place where that expression, that, that letting loose of what we're feeling that's healthy, begins to turn, you know, come over the top, and it begins to yeah. affect our, our spirits, our attitudes, etc. And so uh, I would submit that tonight is probably a message for some folks from God that put it in terms of how he speaks to me that says, enough. Hmm. <laughs> enough. I'm in control of this. I've sent you multiple prophecies. I've given you leadership that is giving you clear direction. Enough. Yeah. 
And it doesn't mean you have to start liking the season. I still don't like this season. No. I, I Here, let me speak on as another member of the team, just, just in case there's any confusion. None of us want to be doing this. Nope. No one on the pastoral team said, hey, you know what? What if next year we just go online and we don't meet physically in person for nine months? Let's do this grand experiment and see what happens. None of us are thinking that way. None of us want to continue to be no, away no. from our church family in a in a absolutely not. Scenario. Absolutely not. I hate masks. I wear them, but I hate them. Yeah. I hate not being able to see my parents. I have to literally calculate. Tomorrow is the first day, having returned from sabbatical, that I am free and clear. I have a COVID test that says I'm free and clear, and I'm 14 days. Now I can go see my mom and my dad. Hey, mom and dad, I'm coming to see you sometime in the next couple of days, okay? I, I, I don't like that. That's not acceptable. Yeah. You don't have to like it. But our words have power. So, Desi, the part with the complaining is, is I think our words have power. And there's a point where those words are healthy because we're letting out what we're already feeling and experiencing. And then there's a point where it can come over the curve. And it's it can kind of tip over the top and absolutely. It's no longer helpful. Yes. And it's, it's no longer helpful, not only to the overall body, but it's not helpful to you. It really begins to spoil you. Right. That, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. At a certain point, it's, it's healthy for you to express your emotions and how you're feeling but at some point it stops being healthy and then it just becomes you'll begin to poison yourself and in my experience one more thing before we go on to more questions is in my experience the point where a guy goes enough is when it actually submission is an attitude Mm -hmm. and so it's when that complaining or that expressing reaches a point where it's actually becoming a a symptom of a lack of submission. I haven't given up. I yeah. haven't said, okay, God, you're going to have to take care of this or I'm going to fix it. And that's another lesson for another time. You just Absolutely. on the tip of an iceberg, you know, obedience is an action. Submission is an attitude. That's exactly right. Yeah. So let me go to another question that kind of ties to this. And it asks, is it normal to feel these back and forth emotions during this time where it seems like one day, you know what, I, I can do this and I'm okay with it. And then another day to wake up and just hate this and be done with this. And why can't this be over and forget it? I can't handle this anymore. And this, it feels Absolutely. like Absolutely. many of us, our emotions are swinging back and forth. What, what's up with that? And is that acceptable? Well, first of all, whether it's acceptable or not, it's reality. Okay. It's days in which you think you got faith and then there's days in which you don't. And I can tell you from past, I can tell you from even present, uh, Desi and Rachel, I know can speak to it and many others that there are days when you hear that voice of God, that prophecy is so clear and you're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And faith is more dominant and it covers the gap. And then there's other days that you're like, this is nuts. This can't be God. This has got to be the devil. Oh my goodness. What have we done? And, 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 it, it varies. So my simple answer is that up and down is very normal. That is why the word of God and the spirit of God and what he speaks to, you got to know his voice. And when you know his voice, you hold on to those things, no matter how you're pinging or bouncing around. It's really what you're describing, uh, folks, is it's our emotional ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about is it permissible I don't know how you avoid it, but you have to discipline those emotions. That doesn't mean you extinguish them. 
It means you don't let them govern your actions or even your attitude. Yes. Let's go to another question. So you've been using kind of this, this season, this whole week, we've all on the pastoral team been talking about seasons. You can talk about governed seasons. So you use the example of winter and how, you know, a farmer, when the ground is frozen and let's say there's a foot of snow on the ground, you're not going to pull your tractor out and go disc up your field. I mean, you not could try, but you're probably going to damage your equipment. Right, right. Exactly. So someone pointed out and asked the question in this and they said, hey, I, I hear you. That's true. But I have relatives who are farmers and during the winter doesn't mean they're not working. Maybe they're mending fences or they're doing other things. Or I know my father-in-law was a farmer until he retired and he did a lot of accounting and bookkeeping and matching up his ledgers and planning for the next year all during the winter. So the question is during a season like this, let's stick with the winter analogy for the moment. So, okay, so you can't disc a field what can you be doing? Should we be doing something during this season where God has said you're not meeting in person right now? Great question. Feels like somebody lobbed me a softball. But first of all, let me say this. And Desi, you can comment directly. All the rest of the pastoral team that is on chat, you can go. I have a simple question for the pastoral team. So let me answer it in two ways. I have a simple question to the pastoral team. I mean, I know what I'd say, but go ahead. <laughs> have you worked harder in this season or were you working harder before COVID-19? Oh, I'd take pre-COVID any day over what I'm doing right <laughs> okay. now. All right. Oh, grief. And I don't say this offensively, but church family, dear church family, who we love very much, if you have not talked with any of us about this, feel free to do it. Some of you have no idea how much work it is to broadcast six days a week and continue to do small groups and do one-on-one -on -one Bible studies and provide pastoral care and, 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 and. Yeah, and, no. and we're, taking, so we're, we're working hard during absolutely. this Absolutely. And as they, they gave you the blooper reel and that kind of thing, you already know that we are taking advantage of this time to do some things. And it looks like God's taking advantage of it as well. He sends a tornado through, rips up our roof some. And so now we're taking advantage to take yeah. care of some things that would have been extremely disruptive using the winter analogy. It'd be extremely disruptive during a non-COVID season to do some things on our physical plant that when we come back to the physical plant, that'll all be done. And that's what a farmer does. He does things that would disrupt during the summer, during the spring, during the fall. He does that during the winter, the repairs and things that he can do within the barn or that he can do in bookkeep, all of these different things. So absolutely. Now you as individual Christians. Okay. Obviously, let's turn from the team. Let's talk about individual. Absolutely. So that's my second part of the answer. You as individual Christians, first of all, reach out to your pastoral team and ask them what you can do to help. Mm. Number two, show up at every broadcast live. Show up at every small group, whether you like them or not. You don't know what's happening. Presence matters. Yeah, presence matters. You never know where the opportunity to care is going to be. You got to show up there. Dig your own wells. Oh, I was waiting for that one. Please say that again. Pay attention to what's irking you. Because if this is a governed season, that which is irking you is either the devil trying to mess with you and you need to learn how to battle him, good practice, or it's God allowing the circumstances to unearth things that the busyness of normal has allowed you to ignore. 
dig your own well. Stop dig your own ducking well. this season in which God is speaking and working in you individually. And I'm not telling you that our corporate body worship doesn't matter. It does. But we are learning in this season that it has become a crutch. Mm. Mm. I'll show up and my brothers and sisters, their worship will make me feel better. And now you're sitting at home and God's going, nothing to make you feel better. So now do you want to deal with the root problem? And I know church, it's harder to hear this over video oh. than in person. If I were in person, you know, I'd give you that wink. You'd see that twinkle in my eye. I'd do what the team calls the Steve thing, and somehow I'd get away with it. I hope you're still seeing the twinkle in my eye. I love every one of you. I don't want anybody leaving. I'm not mad at anybody. But God's messing with you. And I know it. And I've known it the whole year. That's why I'm not real perturbed. Now, Good news is your pastoral team is more perturbed. They really care, and they're more sensitive to you. You care, too. I, I ain't paying no attention because I know this season. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But mm -hmm. This is a season that God is doing work in our lives, and he's not asking permission. <laughs> That's another feature of governed. He's not asking permission. This one's a little hardcore. He just comes in there. And so... What do I do in this season? There is work to do in this farmer question. And a lot of it is you and God alone. And that's where that prophecy I really yeah. think is so central. You've got me and I got you. Let's do some work together. You don't have anything else. All things that are good, all things that are positive, but you don't have anything else that you can kind of hide behind. And come on, folks, you know, we can hide behind our music. We can hide behind our getting together with brothers and sisters. We can just, it's there in the back of our mind, whatever it is that we're dealing with, but we don't have to deal with it quite so intensely and intimately as when it's just me and Jesus sitting there staring at one another in the spirit world. That's the work that's in front of us. And we need to trust that he's doing that both individually and corporately for a larger plan and a larger goal. And let me add to that, if I can just, we can, you can tag me in for a second. Um, when it comes to digging your own well, and you've heard us, we've been saying this nonstop for seven months now, seriously, seven months for a reason. You don't dig a well on Saturdays for half an hour. When we please understand, when we talk about digging your own well, this is something that you chip away and you work at. And you do it consistently and regularly. And digging your own well may not look like the same thing every day. But but you, I, I implore you with everything in me. You've got to be spending time reading your Bible for yourself. And do a slow read. And you should all know what that means if you're a regular watcher or a member of this congregation. You've heard me talk about this. I've lost track of how many times. Take your time. What, what have you got to rush right now? Take your time. All right, do a slow read, spend time in prayer, talk to God about what you're reading. As Stephen mentioned, you know, when God begins to poke at you and there's something that's agitating you or it's coming up in your mind over and over again, God's speaking to you in your dreams. God's speaking to you in unexpected places when you just get quiet for a moment and all of a sudden the spirit moves on your heart and tugs on you. Pay attention to that during this time. We are not as busy. You're not rushing around. You're not shopping as much. You're not doing as much activity as we normally do in North America. So take some of this time and redeem it and get your shovel out. 
and start digging. However fast that is for you, fine. But the point is you can't do it once a week. You've got to consistently be digging. And so I don't say that as a chastisement, but really more as an encouragement to all of you. Digging your own well. You don't dig a well here or there. You don't dig a well just for half an hour on a Saturday. You know, it takes more work than that. And it's and okay for this season to feel different. Yes. It's okay for this to grate on you. God may actually be building your strength. You know, you go to a gym. If any of you have ever gone to a gym and, you know, you get that New Year's Eve resolution, I'm going to go work out some. So you go get on a treadmill or whatever else. You, you can't do that without, when you walk out, you're feeling pretty good. And then the next day, mm, whole different ballgame. No pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay for this to be painful. I'm not right. telling anybody that you're supposed to be jumping up and down going, wee. No, that's not what I'm saying. But don't fight this. Build. So it's okay for it to be tiring. Some of you, the way your jobs are, is it's more exhausting. So yes, you have less commute time or you have a difference, of, but it's more exhausting. It's okay for it to be more exhausting. It's okay for you to need to it sleep is more. more it's okay to rest more in that sense. Don't fight the season. Trust that God is governing this season. All right. All right, Nick. Sure. Let's go to another question. You made a almost a passing comment about leaning into this season. What does that mean? How do you how do you lean into this? First is you change your attitude. Okay. You have to recognize, and, and I would argue that the easiest way for us in this season is to talk to God. Don't just take my word for it, but take the prophecies, take the messages. You have all the access to it. God. I am so thankful that we serve in a time of technology. You have access to all of this information. Take this before God and go, God, is pastor right that this is, this is your season? If it is, what I mean by lean into it is, is immediately change your assumptions. Oh, unpack that a little more. I will. Change your assumptions, because the first assumption that we have, if you don't understand this is a governed season and this is from God, is you are looking to end this season as soon as possible, and you're looking to chip away at the edges of ending this season as soon as possible. Me? I'm not holding myself up as a paragon, because I got other seasons that I have real bad attitude. This one, I've not had a bad attitude about, okay? I don't know why, but I haven't. I recognized early on, I didn't even lay it on the pastoral team. I recognized by the time we were in mid-April, this is a God move. I wasn't sure in March when we first shut down, but by mid-April, I knew this was a God move. And so I've quit worrying about when it's going to end. I didn't say I didn't care. I didn't say that we don't keep assessing, but I quit worrying about when it's going to end because my assumption isn't that this needs to end. My assumption is this is going to end when God chooses to have it end. So I'm not going to waste any or very little time on when it's going to end. I'm going to keep looking for, what are you doing in this season, God? What are you doing to me? What are you doing to your your local bodies? What are you doing to the national church? What are you doing to the world? What are you doing? Because the key to being a Christian is, is to follow the Spirit. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We follow the leading of the Spirit, and we go where God's going. Where are you going, God? So you change your assumptions about this season. 
one of the assumptions that I've changed because it's become very evident to me is there. Okay. Folks, you got to understand. And I, this one, if anything, Desi, I've had an attitude about this. This is the one thing I've had an attitude. I'll tell everybody this. I am tired of the implication that Steve's running around scared. Now, nobody's really said that to me, but you get the feel of it. You know, you won't open your church back up because you're afraid. Okay, I'm tired of that. That gets that gets on my nerves. So everybody, you see that? I got a little bit of attitude. All right, I get at, attitude about that because, as you all know, I have gone to some of the most dangerous places in the world. Like, I have to go to Korea or Iran to get any more dangerous. Okay, folks? That's the only way I can get more dangerous is to go to Korea or Iran, North Korea, excuse me, or, or Iran. That's the only way to get more dangerous than where I have been. I am not afraid, but I figured out early on, and I'm sad for it, but I figured out early on, there are some great men and women of God that God did not preserve their life. So I went, okay. We are not impervious to this disease. No, we are not. So then I began to pray and say, okay, God, should should we be just forgetting it, but you're going to gut your church. And the message in February that I preached from Zechariah didn't make sense that it was he wanted to gut his church, that he was just going to take a whole lot of the saints home. So my assumption is, A, God's not preserving your life from this disease. You get to use your common sense, just like I do when I go to Nigeria. I use my common sense. I do everything I can do. And then I trust God. I go only where God wants me to go. And then the second assumption is, is since that's the case and God's taken them, I haven't heard from God that he wants me to die. So I'm going to try to avoid dying. I'm going to try to avoid having people, including the people I care for, be labored or heavy underneath of ailments that will come from this because this virus everything i can tell is going to end at a certain point i didn't say it'll be gone but there will be a shift and this season will end mm -hmm. so my assumptions and again there's more assumptions but again time's getting yeah. away i i want that you you revise your assumptions line yourself up with god and then lean into to get out of the season what god wants i'd have never picked the season but this season has done some amazing things in my life. It's done some amazing things in the life of this church. Yeah. You want to lean into the season instead of fighting. So, uh, when you say lean in, these are my words, not yours, but it seems like part of leaning in is an acceptance. Absolutely. It's submission. It's that yeah. attitude saying, okay, I wouldn't have picked this, but okay. I trust you. I believe you. And it brings joy back to you. It can bring some happiness back to you, even in the midst of trial. I'm not saying all the trials go away, but you approach them different. Yep. That's great. Well, we are past the top of the hour. Yes, I'm sure we are. You at all. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing this topic and being you, even the way that you approach it. Church, I hope that tonight, even if maybe some of what was said was a bit frustrating to you, that you'll pause and think about it. Maybe, and I trust that some of you are encouraged by this. This is a season, and somebody made a comment in the chat. I saw that winter doesn't last forever. Spring comes. So we recognize 
it's a season and, and it will change. And so stay strong and stay encouraged in that. You can continue to join us each evening at 6 p.m., excuse me, 7 p.m. as we broadcast other than Mondays. And we have a special Friday night with friends coming up in a couple days. I'm excited about that. That's going to be a little different. It's going to be very fun. And we continue to broadcast each week. If you're new to us or this is one of your first time watching or you're just beginning to connect with us, you can visit us at our church website at newarkupc.info, newarkupc.info. And on that church website, you can fill out a contact card. One of us can reach out to you. You can join a small group. You can submit prayer requests. You can submit a baptism request. We're still baptizing people even during this time. You can partner with us in giving. You can find all kinds of information and connect with us. We have children's programs. I was talking to someone just this last week. In case you've missed it, go to our digital campus card and click on Kids Hub. We have ongoing children's services. They're just in a different format right now. So there's many things that are happening, good things that are happening right now. And you can find all that information and more on our website at newarkupc.info. I see Stephen is making a Ross jealous with a better empty basement. That's right. So I that, just wanted to give a shout out to Arash. You know how I always pick on Arash. So I just wanted to give a give a shout out at the end of the broadcast. I'm glad to be home, Arash. So having said that, thank you all. God bless you and have a great